0: And welcome to New Consciousness Review. I'm Miriam Knight, and my guest is Cameron Alborzian, a British-Persian supermodel who left the world of high fashion at the peak of his career. And he graced the pages of almost every popular fashion magazine, but he left the high life to seek a higher path. He trained first as a yoga teacher and master reflexologist at the Integral Yoga Institute in New York, And then he went on to study Ayurveda in India for five years and continues to return there each year. We're going to be talking about his new book, The Guru in You, Unlock the Powers of Health and Healing Within. Yogi Cameron, I'm delighted to welcome you to New Consciousness Review.
1: Thanks for having me. It's a a delight to be here.
0: Thank you. You were literally and figuratively one of the beautiful people. Mm. <laughs> what made you shift from the practice of yoga to becoming a yogi?
1: I think I got the dose of having the high life and uh, really being in it and submerged in it and living it. Uh, but I also had a a guy I met in the gym one day. He was forty five years old. I was nineteen, and he sort of became my best friend. And uh, past, you know, thirteen years after when he passed away, I realized. I'd actually been mentored for about thirteen years by him Um, through natural medicine. We talked about. He gave me my spiritual books. He would read to me. I would read to him. It was just this kind of bond we made, and it was like you know somebody just I knew. It wasn't somebody um, sort of I had to get to know. It was just straight away I knew this person, and uh, we sort of got on with being you know best of friends. And him being older, he taught me so much about life, and and like I said. You know, gave me my first spiritual teachings. And then I would be in the fashion business at the same time and go to the parties and do all the, uh, you know, high fashion stuff of travel and meeting people and speaking languages. And I mean, you really, there isn't really a job like it. They pay you to travel, to meet people,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to, do, you know, go to parties, have a great life. <laughs> you know, when you're 19, 20, 21, 22, that's just a great way of living. And uh, I never burnt out, I never passed out, I never sort of overdid it. So in about 98, 1998, when I met Nelson Mandela at his house, and uh, he had got out of jail, and just looking at him, and we were doing a fashion show down there for Versace, and you know all the models were there, Naomi Campbell, Lamb of a and Christy Turlington, and um, Kate Moss, everybody was down there. And I sort of looked around the room and I said, you know, this is a good time to sort of depart because it's just not going to get better than this. (laughs) Now, you know, it's that moment in the party where you where you really look around and you go, this is, you know, I have such a great feeling at this party. But I know if I end it now, I'll want some more. But if I stay too long, I'll sort of, you know, regret staying. So I came back to New York and I stopped modeling. I started a, a restaurant with an old agent of mine, and I went off on that path a little bit until um, early 2000 when my mentor passed away, and I sort of let go of that bond with him. That I became a yoga teacher and started Ayurvedic uh, practices. But you know, leaving the fashion business is—I didn't leave the people because I know most of them still. I just left working in the business and. Um, and uh, it, it's just a good life. It's just, but it can't last too long because um, outer beauty is to be used not just for selling stuff. It's it's meant to be used for influencing people to come on a good spiritual path, to you know influence other people to have their purpose. And at that time, that's what I was using it for was selling, selling myself, selling mm-hmm. my face, selling mm-hmm. my products, and. Um, And it it wasn't like an epiphany or a big moment. It was just gradual, oh, okay, it's time to sort of move on. And I think if I hadn't been mentored, I probably would have missed the mark, you know, by a long shot. But um, I had him, I write about my mentor in my book. And uh, so that's sort of how it came to pass.
0: Well, why did you decide that healing was your path?
1: You know, I think uh, my mentor was sick. He had HIV. He had actually just found out he had that when I met him. And uh, and that's sort of why he went on that path. He wouldn't take anything chemical. Everything was organic. Uh, long before anybody was recycling in 1986, you know, the house was, everything was organic and recycled. And uh, having him there, I think, just, you know, permeating the room with this whole natural way of living... And then, of course, teaching me spiritual ways and healthy ways, asking me to bring him herbs from Japan when I traveled to Hawaii or wherever. I think, you know, after he passed away, I realized, oh, he's he's been preparing me. And there's no coincidence of us being you know, such good friends. Uh, it was no getting away from it. 13 years of just coming home and he being there and, you know, living with him and him cooking and speaking and always talking about the higher self and the places we need to be, but not having the discipline at the time, I didn't really know what he was talking about. It sounded good. Um, But something resonated in me about it. It's just I wasn't going to commit to it. Mm -hmm. And, um, And then there's that feeling inside of you. What is your purpose? What do you think? Not just what you're good at, but what will you be good at serving other people? And, you know, service is always in there because... I think it was 86 87 in Paris when I first went to Shivananda Center started doing some yoga postures and then um, nineteen ninety one ninety two when I went to Siddha yoga upstate in New York you know started to train there and do silent courses and weeks of meditation you know when you do all that and you have a mentor it kind of is in you mm-hmm. and uh, you've obviously chosen it for a part and um, so you can't get away from it and and now the nice thing is it's kind of I went from the outer beauty surface to using the outer beauty, reaching the inner beauty, and realizing actually they're both the same. It's just uh, how you use them is different.
0: Oh, that's beautifully put. Mm. Uh, so what? What did you find in India that you couldn't find in the states?
1: India wasn't to become more spiritual. You know, I tell people, nobody's going to make you more spiritual. The spirit is in you, so you are spiritual. You decide to use it is different. Uh, I chose to go to India because Ayurveda isn't really widely taught in America. And it's not widely, I can't find it everywhere. So that was the primary reason. The secondary reason was I didn't want to come out of my door and be distracted by uh, going to, you know, to lunch or to dinner or something like that, and I wanted to be around our Vedic yogic people, um, be around renunciates, be around swamis, be around people who really live that life. So again, it was sort of permeated my life. And uh, that was pretty much, and that's why I go back every year a couple of times. Um, I just got back last week from that, is just to be around that and shut off from this world and uh, to be there with my guru who teaches me and talks to me and and for me to go with some of the other guys and just sit in temples and just be... Because this path isn't religious, it's not traditional, it's not anything, so you can just be with anybody in the room, doesn't matter what sex they are, how old they are. If they have a practice and they want to do it, then you're speaking the same language kind of thing. So India represents uh, detachment from excess, I guess.
0: Uh huh. Well, I'm sure in in the fashion world you certainly found plenty of excess. What is this yogic lifestyle that you're promoting? I'm promoting
1: simple living. You know, Ayurvedic mm-hmm. living and uh, yogic living is all about just making things simple. You're eating simple, living by nature. You know, watching nature. How does it uh, perform? How does it? How's it teaching you? Well, today, for example, I'm in L.A. I just got back from India where it was a bit more humid and hot and here it's cold. So food has to change. Seasonal food has to come into play. Uh, mixtures of foods need to change. Uh, the hot and cold aspect of food, you know, salads being more cold, um, you know, yoga being more sour. You know, you have to take all of these things into consideration. Um, sleep on the floor it doesn't make you more spiritual sleeping on the floor. It just makes you more simple and it gets you more used to the simple life. Um, you know, oiling the body, um, uh, all those kind of Ayurvedic things because the body gets dry. Uh,
0: well, you know, can, can the, you go in, tell us a little bit more about what Ayurveda is and how is it different from yoga? And uh, I know that you you talk about the different doshas or types. So, mm-hmm. you know, give us a little introduction into that world.
1: So Ayurveda means science of life. It's the oldest medicine in use that we know of. Uh, It's all about mind and body, maintaining mind and body together. Whereas yoga is more about self-realization and coming to the aspect of spirit inside and meditating on that and meditation and all that uh, and posture and breathing, and etc. Ayurveda is much more about herbal medicines, uh, how to live off the ground, how to eat, you know, uh, what combinations of food to eat. Uh, The doshas that you're talking about, doshas can be um, elements. You know, the translation is just elements. Uh, Fire, earth, air, and uh, water sits in with earth and fire. And then you have ether. So you have these five elements. Chinese medicine also uh, says that we have all these elements. So the whole, even modern science uh, says that we have five elements to make up the universe. And we are combinations of these different uh, elements, uh, primarily uh, earth, fire, and air, sitting in the chest, sitting in the stomach, sitting in the you know, lower in the intestines. So we are of all of these elements we cannot never be devoid of any of these elements we are just either a mixture one or two a little bit more or a bit a little bit less so where you hear fiery people or earthy people or airy people this is kind of where it comes from the ayurvedic tradition Mm -hmm. so airy people for example move a lot they're more nervous they get insomnia and dryness in the body whereas fiery people more passionate, and they have a lot of energy, but they can burn out quickly as well. Uh, Earthy people are heavier, they're more relaxed, they're more loving, and sort of chilled out, but at the same time, they can become lazier. Uh, So, really, it's always Ayurveda speaks about this nice balance of up and down, up and down, but never up and, you know, dropping down. Uh, So, that's basically the Ayurvedic um, tradition. So, Mm -hmm. So it's uh, about
0: bringing the body into a greater sense of balance.
1: Always. And your your primary goals here are being in balance with nature because when it gets cold or too hot, too windy, too rainy, you have to balance with it. You can't change the weather. So it teaches you how to be in balance. Uh, what we're sort of faltering on here is uh, seasonal eating, for example. We should really eat whatever's, uh, you're in Oregon, you should eat whatever's in that area because you're acclimated to it. I should eat whatever's in this area because I'm acclimated to it. And uh, if we eat apples from New Zealand and, you know, things from the very, very cold weather, then, you know, usually we're in trouble because our bodies are just not used to it. Hmm. Um, And Ayurveda always states that uh, health comes from the stomach. So if stomach and the digestive system is working perfectly, you'll never get a disease. Unless it's, of course, uh, part of karma, then you can't do anything about it, Um, you know. So diseases are either curable, manageable, uh, not curable. You know, uh, we're not magicians. We don't cure everything because, obviously, that's the part of yoga where spirit comes in. And there's many stories of yogis and gurus who can heal themselves, but they will always go through the disease if they feel that it's karmic. And they'll see it through. Yeah.
0: Let's talk about your book, The, the Guru in You. What mm-hmm. was your purpose in writing this book?
1: You know, I wrote a book in Spain some years ago called um, Now is the Moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, it sort of went with what was going on then. We were in a lot of um, money around. It was a good times kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was on the up and up at the market and everything. And then I uh, came to America Couple of years ago, back here from India, and I um, and I didn't really want to write a book because I felt like there was enough books on the shelf. And then um, I started doing retreats and seminars and things. And enough people came up to me and said, "You know, this we're really fascinated. Why you would leave the beauty business when we you know, we would love to be in it and we yeah. follow it every day. We read the magazines. First thing I get up in the morning, I do is groom myself so I look better." You know, and I would never go out of the house without makeup or do my hair, kind of thing. And um, so enough people asked me, so I said, okay, if, if there's a necessity for it, uh, then I, you know, I'm happy to do it. And it really came out of that. And uh, then I realized, oh, yeah, I was in it, so I didn't realize at that time that um, the world is obsessed with outer beauty. That mm-hmm. whole thing is out of beauty. Everything we do is outer beauty. We sell yogurt, you know, we make the. The 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 cover look beautiful,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it does. <laughs>
1: it does yeah. So, I suddenly realised, okay, I have something to say about this. I guess because I was in the business and I reached a sort of, I was known as the first male supermodel and all that. So I guess people are coming to me as an authority, and um, and I shunned away from it for a while because I also wasn't rooted in what I do now. And it's taken me a good eight years to get rooted in what I do, and now I'm happy to talk about it and be out there and you know share it with people. Uh, I just didn't feel before I was rooted enough to um, balance both, and now I'm sort of rooted in what I do with the Ayurvedic medicine and everything. Now I can talk about the past a little bit more openly.
0: Mm-hmm. And you you do have. Uh, many fascinating stories to tell in your book, but you also promote uh, a, a holistic lifestyle in your book. Um, is this something anybody can do at any age? Or, I mean, you know, you look at these yoga postures where people are bent like a pretzel, and you mm-hmm. think, no way.
1: Well, the book also what it serves is as a very basic um, tool. You know, Yoga Journal refused to sort of do a story about it because it said it's way too rudimentary and preliminary for our readers. Um, So, And I thought, okay, I've hit the mark if that's happened because I'm really writing for the 99.9% of the people of the world who don't bend and are very stiff, don't follow a regime, don't have a spiritual practice, don't have a purpose in life um, or haven't reached their purpose in life. So I'm really talking to them because I, re- I live the very commercial life in the fashion business. And um, I realize, yeah, I'm practicing, you know, two, three, four hours a day. Or I go to India and do these pr- pilgrimages and spend hours in silence and fasting. This isn't reality for people. And um, just like my guru wouldn't put me through what he goes through because it would be too much for me. I don't put other people through it. So I bring a very, very basic um, non Sanskrit-based uh, yoga teaching and Ayurvedic teaching too in the book, so somebody can say, okay, I'll start my day with hot water. If that's all I, all I can do, um, that will take about two minutes. You know, from there you can build. You can start saying, well, maybe I need to learn about how many meals I take a day. Uh, traditionally, we take three. Why do we take three? Nobody actually has an idea why we take three, but everybody follows it. So I'm putting those kind of things forward to everybody saying is, uh, if you don't have a lot of time, just at least not question, but ask yourself why I need to do something. And then if, uh, especially if I'm not hungry, once you take your hot water, if you're not hungry, don't eat. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not thirsty, don't drink. You know, it's listen to yourself.
0: So it's putting you back in tune with yourself.
1: Nature is the greatest teacher. You know, nat- nature is the hand that feeds us. So obviously the hand that feeds us has something to say to us. Uh, it's just like the parent who feeds us when we are a kid. And, uh, you know, they usually know better. Yeah, they make mistakes, they, you know, the, all the rest of it. But they can guide us somewhat. Mm-hmm. And nature is definitely there to guide us. When the, when the earth is getting hotter, it's telling you, take, you know, have less clothes on, wear cooler materials. It's teaching you. If you decide to be fashionable and wear something very hot and you don't want to take it off, well, then you suffer the consequences of sweating too much. So you have to go with nature. You go against it, and um, you have the problems we have today, which is a lot of discontentment. And,
0: uh, you know, primarily
1: the book is talking about contentment as well. Mm -hmm. It's telling you if you're not willing to change at all, well, just be content in it. You know, don't suffer and stress about not changing. You know, either way, stress is going to be the killer. So whatever it takes not to stress and, you know, get to that point.
0: Um, I, I noticed that you had a quiz in the book that helps you decide what your particular dosha is. You have that that quiz on your website, too, don't you? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a dosha. It's a very basic test. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wouldn't take it like this is the law because an Ayurvedic consultation will take about two hours and uh, we'll look at pulse, we'll look at eyes, we'll look at ears and nose and the skin and uh, the body, touch the body, touch the joints, see what's going on, ask questions. Uh, There's a lot to it. So the quiz is a fun way of you knowing a little bit about yourself. And uh, but it's it's a little fun. You know, that's what it really is.
0: So do you have any tips on what we could do now to, you know, easy little ways that we could help rejuvenate ourselves?
1: Well, first thing I tell people is easy or difficult. You know, it's all in the mind. So, Uh you you know, instead of at the beginning of this journey, uh, limiting yourself to. 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, easy, difficult, I like, I dislike. Put yourself at ease and just say, what am I willing to do today? And don't compare it to yesterday or tomorrow. What am I going to do today? You may find is today you have more time, so you'll dedicate more time to this. Uh, So you may drink your hot water, then see if you're hungry. If you're not hungry, you may pick up a spiritual book to read, maybe a passage. Uh, If you don't want to do that, you go for a walk be in nature as much as possible. You know, the indoor life is not a life. Mm. Uh, it's kind of, you know, we boxed ourselves away into my space. And primarily a lot of our diseases and ailments come from the fact that we box ourselves away in artificial light, artificial air, um, the TV's on, the radio's on, whatever that, you know, artificial sounds, we have the mobile phone, computer. We, our world has become so artificial that we mm. are natural. So our ailments and our mind keep rebelling against being in the artificial environment. So I would get out, you know, into nature as much as possible. Mm. I would eat as much as nature as possible. You know, take from the ground and eat kind of thing. Uh, Go to your local markets and eat. Um, Support those guys as well because they are bringing in seasonal foods. They're not canned, they're not microwaved, they're not leftover, they're not packaged, they're not frozen. So, you know, these are all things we want to keep away from to be healthy. Uh, What you put into your body will turn into bone, muscle, plasma, blood, all the rest of it, brain. So each time you eat, you might want to reflect on that. And, you know, I like to eat chocolate. Chocolate definitely doesn't turn into brain power. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't eat enough of it to destroy myself. And um, I'm eating enough, you know, of, of other things to be healthy and well. So it's not a case of depriving ourselves and all that, it's just uh, bringing our desires a little bit lower to match the earth and what the earth also needs because in the end we don't need fast cars and, you know, too many rides in a way. Um, we need to think about the hand that feeds us and sort of live in unison with it. You know, if there's five of you living in a house and one sort of feeding you, you don't want to shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, you want to sort of nurture him and, <laughs> and, you know. so it's that's kind of where you want to be a little bit,
0: yeah you say in your book, sit before we veg. what do you mean by that?
1: Well we have a tendency to react to everything, get a phone call, get an email, um, come home, put TV on you know whatever it is, grab food, sit down for a moment, see where you're at if you've been in the car and you've been driving. Um, you know, maybe a stiff, so take a stretch and then sit down. That just All sitting down right. for a moment. What it does is gives you a few seconds of breathing time, uh, grounding time, because sitting on the floor is a great grounding uh, experience. Mm-hmm. And then you see, well, what is it that I need next? Not maybe what I want next, because wants are great. You know, they are, they are many and there's a surplus of those. But needs are few. Mm-hmm. So just sitting before you veg gives you the opportunity to sit up tall, be alert and uh, not just let the sofa take you I and
0: see.
1: Don't give you back for the next 5 hours.
0: Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're you're a great proponent of meditation and silence as well, aren't you? You
1: know, meditation is the great sages and the gurus have written and uh they've told us you know, they have built the manual up for us. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. And uh, all we need to do is learn how to use it. Mm-hmm. And uh, meditation just takes you out of your mind, where you you know can be in the spirit, uh, whatever that means to you. It can mean God, it can mean Mother Nature, it can mean anything. Uh, there are practices to do, and it takes time. But, uh, you know, even the sit before you veg is is really that, the beginning of concentration and getting centred. Because there's nothing like a mind that's focused. Because that mind that's focused can be turned right or left at your will. There's, uh, you know, but a life living with a mind that jumps around and takes you on the ride, you know, you end up in all sorts of places you never intended to. And uh, meditation kind of brings the mind under control. And then, of course, the benefits of the body are great. you know, The circulation and to the the nervous system. So physically and mentally, it, it is a complete healer.
0: I, I particularly liked your, um, your passage about self-study and, and how it's up to us to put our knowledge into action through our practices.
1: Mm. Well, first thing is to understand something about yourself. You know, do I tend to put my hand in my hair all the time? Do I chew my nails? Do I, you know, whatever it is. Know something about yourself. Do I tend to get angry in a certain situation? Self-study is about understanding, you know, do I, you know, where do I put my foot next instead of haphazardly it just happens. You know, a good example is breathing. Um, we think, oh, it just happens, and it's an autonomic kind of thing that happens in the body, and we don't need to do anything about it. And uh, we do. We, If we control it, we can have the best of health and go to higher awareness. If we just let it happen, what will happen is we get excited one day, we get short of breath. Um, so now, actually, we're not in control of it at all. So even when I'm speaking now, I have to be aware of, Am I running out of breath? Am I breathing properly? Am I sitting up tall? You know, these are just being aware of the basics. Um, Because being aware gives you the option and the choice of doing something with awareness next instead of haphazardly just following and saying, well, you know, I don't have a choice. You know, years ago I had a conversation with my mom and she was telling me, well, some people don't have a choice. And I was saying, well, and I think I, I wrote something on the, Twitter the other day, I saw a picture that said, the road road narrows. And so I took a picture of it and I put it on Twitter and I said, does your road narrow or does your road stay wide? And really what I'm talking about is the choices you make in life. If I choose today to think, um, well, I have this amount of money in the bank, um, I need more. Well, I, you know, and I need, let's say, I need a 100,000 more. Well, I've just limited that... That road just narrowed a little bit because I narrowed it down to only 100,000 when numbers are unlimited. So why don't I just keep the road wide and see what comes? You know. So it's, it's a little bit different than affirmations and visualization, if you like. That sort of has become very popular with us in the century, if you like. This is kind of leaving the door open, doing my practice and then seeing what comes through the door. Mm-hmm. but you can't do this practice and this sort of waiting unless you do have some kind of spiritual practice because then it involves faith and you know waiting uh, it doesn't focus on pushing
0: well it's been a fascinating chat is there one thought you'd like to leave with our audience
1: I think the, the word that comes is always purpose Um I, It's not that I believe, I just know through my own practice. Everybody, we are spiritual, we need a spiritual practice. This comes from keeping the body and the mind healthy. But purpose is the one thing that everybody needs to come to. What is your purpose in this life? Uh, Most people haven't reached it, or they don't know what it is. But one guidance I can say, which comes from the sages is, It will always involve service, and it will always involve service to other people, Mm -hmm. some component of service to other people. It won't be service to yourself. So that can always be the guideline, even if you haven't found your purpose. You can always use that guideline to the next thing you do is, does this serve other people? And if it does, you're probably on your way.
0: Beautiful. Mm. We've been talking with Yogi Cameron about his book, The Guru in You. What is your website?
1: It's uh, yogicameron.com. Great. There you can find videos and uh, practices on Ayurvedic yoga, on regular yoga. It's, it's a, you know, I, I teach at a very basic level because some of the great yogis and gurus I've met actually only operate at the simplest level. Because they have gone to the highest level and they just came back to the simplest and said, oh, that's where it's at. Uh So I don't really leave, you know, I don't teach extraordinary difficult postures and these kind of things because I can do them, but I never push myself to do them. They just, once your body falls into them, then you're ready to do them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you don't need to push yourself into all these different kind of difficult things. Yogic living is a better option because it encompasses Ayurveda, yoga, the nature, and it's a much bigger field rather than yoga posture, which is a very tiny field.
0: Yes. Well, if you want to get a good overview of what yogic living is, get Yogi Cameron's book, The Guru in You, Unlock the Powers of Health and Healing Within. Mm. This is Miriam Knight for New Consciousness Review, and I'm so delighted to have had our guest with us today. Please join us next time. Thank you very much, Yogi Cameron.
1: Thanks so much. It's been a real delight. Thanks so much.
0: Bye-bye. Oh,